It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... Kids, you know how hard it is to motivate them to do anything. Kids want to be in charge of their own lives to the extent possible. They are capable of more than we think. Now, this journal that I've created helps to empower your child, allowing them to take charge of their own little lives. And guess what? It also gets them to actually do stuff. It's pretty awesome. You can track chores that you pay them for. You can track chores that you just need them to do, regardless of whether or not they get paid. You're teaching kids the value of work and money while having fun. This is going to save the day. Again, the chore book. By me, Chris Jenke, available at Amazon.com. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke, and I'm joined today by Hannah Austin. Hannah is a highly sought-after corporate leader and management professional, specializing in the management and prevention of burnout for those professionals. And as CEO and founder of She Shatters LLC, she draws on her experience consulting and coaching corporate leaders to provide employees at the mid and high point in their careers with the support that they need to burn brightly without burning out. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, give us a little idea about how you got into this in in the first place. Yeah, so I spent 20 years in the corporate world in healthcare and absolutely loved it, uh, moving up the ranks steadily. Um, And then COVID hit and I was tasked with um, building MASH hospitals and morgues, Chris, which sounds super, super sad and negative, but I was basically one of the heads of the tax force for moving patients in and out of the hospital. So those patients that had expired, obviously we needed to make room for those patients that really needed help um, during COVID time. So it was really like kind of working um, in a MASH hospital triage situation. And typically I have a lot of energy and a strong personality and I'm a super positive person. And that really sent me over the edge. So made the decision kind of in the thick of COVID to, um, leave uh, Kaiser Permanente, which was my organization that I was working in and decided to just take a couple months off. I wasn't doing well physically. I had high blood pressure at the age of 41. You can imagine the stress level there. Um, And so I was planning on taking three months off or retiring overall. Um, But then I got bored, Chris, because I was so used to working, you know, and doing two jobs most of my life. Um, And so then I started talking with peers and people around the world. I have good connections around the world and started talking with them. And they're like, we're all burned out. Out, Hannah, we don't have any resources. Like, what is there out there? And so I thought, well, in my spare time, why don't I just build some resources? So I created a toolkit and um, worked with people about setting boundaries and create work-life balance and work-life integration. And then my peers said, hey, I want a podcast. So then I started a podcast and now we're internationally recognized. So um, frankly, I kind of got into this by accident and it was really um, a community around me saying we need support and I needed it as well. So I built, I think, what we all were yearning for. Wow. I think that's great. And you just kind of just kept saying yes, like, well, okay, you need that. I can provide that. Yeah. Let's do it. So well, have- I think I've always been creative, right? So I wanted to make sure that I was able to meet the needs of what people needed. Right. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So your podcast, do you do, is it just you talking or are you interviewing people or how's that format? Oh, I got, I'd be bored if it was just me talking. Yes. I have <laughs> people that I interview. It started off with women who were burned out and then quickly realized that everybody burns out. We actually had our first male guest on um, for season two and he talked about men and burnout and it was one of our highest rated podcasts and listened to podcasts. So just goes to show that um, burnout you know, literally sets no boundaries. It, everybody can be burnt out. Yep, exactly. So let's define that term then being burnt out. What does that mean? What does that look like for somebody? You know, the definition is really a physical, emotional, mental state of exhaustion, right? Brought, brought on by prolonged stress. I always like to think of it as it's not just a bad day. It's like something that follows you around consistently from sunup to sundown. It can also appear in areas of life such as parenting, caretaking, you know, in your romantic life. It can just be a, a thought of I feel tired or exhausted, or you're starting to have physical um, situations. A lot of people get road rage, right? They start to be really angry or irritable. Um, and one of the biggest causes in life is just feeling like you're worthless. Like you don't want to go to work and no matter what you do or how much you produce, which is how our society shows us that we're successful. Um, it's just enough. Right. Right. So I would imagine it's kind of a combination of maybe you're working too hard. You're, you know, the demands on your plate are here versus your capacities here. Um, is there anything else that kind of leads to that? Or is it just really more just like I have so much to do and it doesn't seem worth it anymore? I mean, what, what else goes into that? I think it comes down to, I think I mentioned it briefly, was just societal expectations. We are taught at a young age that it's your production. You know, it's not a sense of being, it's a sense of doing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially in my generation, you know, my parents worked hard and I had great work ethic, but um, especially as a woman, like it was like, you had to be high functioning all the time and you couldn't let people know what was going on underneath. Like, it's not okay to say like, I'm having a bad day or, you know, I'm having mental health issues, right? Because it's a stigma associated with that. Yeah. I also think with um, burnout, I think it's, it was something that has always been there, but with the pandemic, kind of an overlay over the burnout, it was a real reality when you're at home with your partner or your kids, like how much more could we all take, right? It was really kind of a spotlight on who we are as individuals and taking away kind of that outlet of going to work or even driving to work or going to the grocery store. We didn't have that anymore. And it's almost like a pressure cooker and then you explode. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really, it seemed like burnout was highlighted a lot more during COVID. I think I agree. I agree. So, so somebody, let's say they just exploded. They just yelled at the guy on the freeway or their kids or, you know, and then they just had this moment like, Oh my gosh, I, I think I'm burnt out. I think mm -hmm. Hannah's right. I think I mm -hmm. fall into this. What do you recommend to people? I know this is very general and it depends yeah. on the person, but what, what kinds of things would you recommend in, in those cases? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is really, you're not alone, right? We're all, we've all been there. It's definitely, especially as we're coming out of COVID. So we think just giving yourself grace, like we've all been there. It's okay. You know, certainly apologize in the moment. If you've hurt someone's feelings or kids, you know, certainly they're sensitive as well, but really it's an opportunity. I always like to say, these are kind of stop signs or warning signs or opportunity for you to say, okay, Chris, let's stop pause and really reassess like what's really going well in my life and what areas in my life can I tweak? I do a, a experience with some of my clients where I just basically have them list out, um, you know, what's working well in their life and what are they feeling super stressed in? Most of it is regarding the balance between work and home. Most of it is a lot of people's inability to say no to things that 
really they should be saying no to. And so it's simply just a, a list that I have them make of things they think they should do on the left side of the page, and then things they think they, the things that they want to do on the right side of the page. And we really try to marry those two and figure out, Chris, are your core needs being met as Chris versus extending yourself to you know, everyone in the dog, right? So um, it's kind of a fun exercise to do. It's it's scary at first for people because I think they're not used to putting themselves first. But really, I mean, if you don't have yourself, Chris, you really have nothing. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think one of the first things you said is really good. Um, you said what's working well in my life, and I'm 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 sort of imagining like the person who's just burnt out and would probably say something like, "Nothing's working well in my life," right? But then on the other side, you're saying like, "And what am I bumping up against?" I think that's really important. This is one thing for me personally that I've that I've been thinking about a lot in the last couple of years. I've always been like very into like the motivational talks, you know, the Tony Robbins and all those guys, right? And I was, I think I've heard a term like toxic optimism, where like you're only on this side. Like, what what am I grateful for? Like, your whole life is shattering around you, <laughs> but you're like, I'm so grateful for the oxygen in the air, and like, legitimately, you're you're just lying to yourself right? yeah. at, at a certain point. And at a certain point, you have to just say, this sucks, this sucks, this yeah. sucks, this sucks, and this sucks. And, and just be truthful with it. And sometimes that is enough to just be like, oh, well, that feels yeah. a little bit better, right? Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you ever gotten to that point or had oh a conversation with people? I'm sure all the time, right? Chris, I don't know if this is recorded. Like people can see my face, but I'm like nodding emphatically. So <laughs> here's the reality about burnout and something that I've learned really, it was a hard lesson to learn. I thought I was going to self-care myself out of burnout. I went to the spa, Chris, after I was burned out and I spent a bunch of money and I did, you know, Tai Chi and yoga. I did wheatgrass. I mean, I had it all. I've been buff stuffed, waxed. I've had it all, but I came out of there. And the only thing that made a difference during that spa treatment was a woman who is the spiritual guru that they assigned me. And Chris, when they assigned me to her, I was like, oh God, here we go. I'm going to be, you know, holding some prayer flags and, right. you know, talking about gratefulness. Cause I was the first person to say like, I don't have time for that stuff. Yeah. Really? Like I don't have time. So she asked me one simple question, Chris, and it came down to this, what brings you joy? And I literally rolled my eyes and I said, I don't have time for this. And she said, Hannah, you don't have, you don't not have time. You're here for a reason. You retired from your career at 41. Something's wrong. Right. I was like, Oh, she's totally right. So right. the reality was Chris, I couldn't answer that question. Because I didn't know what brought me joy anymore because I was so busy giving to everybody else. Yeah. And you can be male or female, a dog, whatever. The bottom line is we're all givers, right? Inherently, like we want to make a difference in people's lives, most of us. So to answer your, your question head on, yes. I mean, I was like, I, I couldn't go from being so dark, but I also couldn't go to let's meditate every day and let's be spiritual. What I had to go to is who is Hannah? What do I love? What, do, what brings me joy? What do I care about? What am I good at? Because I had really, I want to say I had been in my career 10 years too long and I wasn't growing anymore. Like I was moving up the ladder and people thought it looked great and I was doing well, but I didn't feel ignited inside. I didn't feel like I was making a difference. So no matter what title I got or new money I got, it wouldn't matter because I just wasn't happy. Right. And I think you hear the story time and time again, everything looked great from the outside. Chris had a beautiful house. He has a beautiful wife. He has a beautiful car. He has a burn-a-doodle, whatever he has. But inside, he may not be fulfilled. Right. And that's a lot of us. So really, it comes down to, and that's why I started this writing this book, is I didn't have anywhere to go to help me 
decide who I was, help me discover who I was, because it's, it's really hard to do because you're doing a lot of internal personal work. Right. You mentioned the word growth and you, you were saying you were getting like promotions, advancements, which is like, you know, somebody looking from the outside, like you said, it'd be like, Oh, Hannah's growing. She's growing in her career. Look at her progressing up the ranks. But, but like you said, for the last 10 years, it's been like, it's the internal growth that you felt like maybe wasn't happening to the point that you wanted. Well, when you start managing a hundred people at the age of 20 and 21, and I've had two phones, cell phones, most of my career, Chris, two. And there were times at the last couple of weeks before I resigned from my position recently, I literally had two phones, two, you know, two different work phones because I was double booked or triple booked per day. So nobody could ever do a good job when you're spread so thin. And it was, it was almost like I was bread on butter, but there was like not enough butter. And I was the butter, like I was just spread so thin, but I, I did it to myself as well. I mean, a lot of people blame their, blame their corporation and yes, they were to blame as well, but I take full ownership and that I was the one that kept saying, give me more projects because frankly, Chris, what was validating me was that when I did more, I achieved more. Therefore I got more money. Therefore I got more positions. And I was told or shown through society that that is what success meant. Right. Now, it was only until I was 40 and 41 when I was in my own hospital that I was managing and collapsing that the doctor said to me, this is not worth it. What are you doing to yourself? Um, can you see what you're doing? And I, you know, I, I'm a smart girl. I had watched the signs. My blood pressure was going up. I was now on blood pressure medication. My husband and I weren't getting along. And I, you know, we were, I was working too much. And I, these were all signs and and signposts along the way saying, stop, pause. And I wasn't listening. I literally just said, F you and kept working. And I think that internal drive in me was something that, you know, society was validating because it was working from the outside in, not the inside. Right. I think you were in a, you're in a good position now because you got to the point where you did achieve this uh, monetary success, but the ability to hit the brakes and to, to, you know, get up and look around is I think a good thing. I, I was thinking of a quote as you were talking. Um, I forgot who said this, but you know, like billionaires, let's say, will say like, well, money's not the root of your happiness. And then you see a poor person listen to that and they say, well, I'd like the chance to find that out for myself. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you got, you got to go through it. You achieved that material success that you saw firsthand what success looks like in this culture, right? And, and I think that's somewhat changing, but definitely there's been a long track record of, you know, oh, you, you get a good job, you get married, you have 2.3 children, you get a bunch of cars and a big house and you're set, you're good, right? And you saw firsthand that, well, maybe that's part of it or maybe I can have that in one compartment of my life, but it's what this lady said, what brings you joy? Right. And that's really the, the, the crux of it, right? Yeah. And I wanted to make me very intentional in that. I don't know if the viewers are going to be able to see me, but you know, I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm white. I was raised middle-class. You know, my husband and I are doing okay. I did have the luxury of creating the money that I needed to step away. So I acknowledge that I've had that. Um, but in my book, I wanted to be very, uh, honest about that. But I also wanted to say, you can see my dog in the background. I also wanted to say, um, and explain that looking intrinsically and figuring out if you are happy or not, isn't a monetary thing. Anybody can basically do the tips and the suggestions that I'm suggesting in my book. So I I think, you know, you have a good point about money or not, 
But the reality is we know that there are social stratas in our country and in our world. We know it exists. But I really wanted to have a book that was like, okay, what can Chris really do when he's in a dark place? How can he get from living an ordinary life to his extraordinary life? And what does that look like for him? Because it's different for every single person. And not all of us have the same monetary means. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, yeah, it's important that you do. I mean, you acknowledge it, but definitely don't apologize for it. I mean, you worked your butt off. So, yeah. You know, so that's awesome. So, uh, an executive, uh, even, you know, even not executives, even somebody who's not a, a, uh, what's the word, like a CEO or a founder or, you know, in the corporate world, right? People's lives are extremely busy these days, right? Mm -hmm. um, so somebody who maybe doesn't have the time to, to pull away, uh, what are some daily techniques that they can do? Or, or do you have like a, a daily toolkit, a daily meditation, anything like that? Well, I'm not big on meditating because as I'm meditating, I'm always like thinking of what I'm going to do next. And I know a lot of people are like that as well. Yes. I try, I cry, I try, Chris. But um, so I have a lot of clients across the gamut. I have women who are high level senior executives. I have women who are entry level or who are just trying to be managers. And then I have a couple line staff, right? I have some nurses that I coach as well. And um, so we basically, like I said, take a look at each individual person um, and go through, you know, how many kids do you have? Are they in daycare? Okay, you're responsible for this. Okay, what does your husband do? Or what does your partner do? And we basically go through their whole life for example, um, and talk about, well, what if we move this here? Or we basically, you know, it's a puzzle piece and you move the pieces and you say, what can go? Are these must-haves or are these should-haves? Are these wants? And so it's just basically parsing it out. Now, of course, there are times where everything seems to be on the stay list, right? And you have to have all of those things on the list. Um, and that's when, you know, that's time to ask for help. And so I spent a lot of time with women and men um, talking about having those conversations. What does it look like? Chris, if you were my partner, having that conversation before dinner, hey, can we talk about the week coming up? I always have Sunday sessions, I call them, talking to your partner or your support system Sunday night for the week in advance to figure out what you need. You're asking for what you need. I would be asking you. You're asking for what you need from me. Um, and so it's almost like we're a partnership and we're in this together. I have some single people as well. And we talk about, okay, what can they farm out, right? Can they make meals in advance? Can they um, take a walk in the morning? Can they switch their workout? Can they buy a secondhand um, exercise piece of equipment and leave it in the garage? Because this gym membership that they've been purchasing and, and been paying for three years that they haven't used is going unused. So why don't they get rid of that, buy an uh, exercise equipment, and then they start exercising again. So it's just, I mean, honestly, switching from corporate America and problem solving and project management my whole entire career and managing people, I'm basically taking all the external stuff I've learned for 20 years and placing it internally, right? And just literally problem solving people's lives. And it's been really fun. And I, I try to make it fun for them. It's not a chore. And, and I try to, you know, keep them inspired and doing new practicing things that they could do. And I have them explore what a new life could look like for them. You know, it doesn't always have to be a black and white day-to-day -day life. They can explore something that they've always been interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. How you're, you're problem solving. You're actually making changes. It's like mm -hmm. the gym membership, like, let's just solve that problem. Let's just be yeah. done with it. Let's just sweep yeah. it out of the way. Like the analogy I like to use is, um, you know, if you're washing dishes in the sink and there's like a huge pot in the sink, it's taking up like, <laughs> two thirds of the sink. And then you got a bunch of little silverware and like little bowls and plates, You're like clean that big pot first and move it out of the way. 
And then, then you'll have all this room to do all this other stuff. So, Mm -hmm. and, and actually making those changes, that's something that, you know, I know people have different um, aptitudes as far as how quickly they can make those things happen. Like the gym membership that you've had for three years that you haven't even gone to. Some people actually have a lot of resistance to letting that go. Yeah. (laughs) But on the other hand, like getting someone in, you're doing like a clean sweep. It's like, you're doing the, the decluttering of their house type of thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to explain. Like I never like to call myself a life coach because frankly, to be honest with you, Chris, before this whole thing started, I was like, I would never hire a life coach. What do you do? <laughs> right. They're going to probably rain dance on me and nothing's going to happen. They're going to tell me to manifest money. And I'm going to be like, didn't work, right. you know, right. Right. but for me, I don't like to think of it like that. I like to think of it literally they, I want you, Chris, if you were my client, you're going to be in the driver's seat. I'm going to be in the um, passenger seat. I'm going to bring snacks. We're going to work on your life together <laughs> and it's going to be really fun. And my clients do say to me like, oh my God, like this happened and they'll text me and I'd be like, great, congratulations. Or they'll text me throughout the week and say this conversation with my husband that you and I, um, you know, practice didn't go well, shit, what am I going to do? And so I'm like, okay, well go, go do this. And so I literally am with them along the way. So it does feel like they aren't alone. And I think a lot of us think that we are alone. Like we are having conversations with ourselves and our own brain. And I just like to be kind of part of their journey and it's an, it's an honor to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into their brain and just helping them bit by bit produce a better life. Yeah. I like what you said about that life coach uh, sort of stereotype of like, <laughs> we're just going to like manifest money and yeah, but, but like you're, you're again, you're like doing, you're doing the nuts and bolts. Like, well, let's change this, 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 and this. Yeah. And then you'll be surprised how much probably extra money you make or how yeah. clear your head is or how organized you are just based on these little things. And it's not about like, wishful thinking like you have to move and you have to do stuff yeah um well a lot of my clients have a case of the shoulds and i call it you're Mm. shooting yourself right because i mean i don't know if you've ever experienced this chris but like i had a lot of shoulds in my head i should be doing this i should be doing that i should be and it got to the point that i was like what do i wanted i didn't know what i wanted to anymore because it was what i should be doing and it's a really good exercise if tried sometime just write down all the things you think you should do and then you write down all the things on the right side of the page that you think you, that you know, you want to do that feel good to you. And it's amazing. If you just try to start knocking off the things on the, the should things on the left, your life is already feeling good because it's, you're actually in charge. Like when did you actually lose control of your own life? Right. Put your to-do list behind you is what I say a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of my clients, <laughs> this happens way more than I would like, but you know, Monday morning I'll be training a client. And I say, well, did you do your stretches this weekend that I told you to do? Well, I tried like I, do or I, do not. <laughs> yeah. I tried as a word. That just means no, that means no. And like Klingon or something, but <laughs> it, it's like, it, it doesn't work. So yeah, you're right. I think people should all over themselves and I should do this. I should do that. It's like literally set a timer for five minutes and see how much of that task you can do in five minutes. And then that'll create so much momentum that you'll just It'll just be on your way, right? Yeah, I love what you said about the timer. Like, I don't know what I would do before. I never used my iPhone timer when I lived in the corporate world, when I lived there. Now that I have my own business, I use my timer for everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself half an hour to take a walk. Yeah. I'm giving myself permission to take care of myself. When that time is up, then I want to get back to work. But at least you're giving yourself that. Something about like knowing that you're in control of your own timer, but that you're giving yourself permission to do these things. I tell you, it opens up a whole new world. Yeah. It really does. And I like that too. And if you give yourself a half an hour to take a walk, 
you don't have to think about work for that half hour. You know your timer is going to remind you when it's time right. to go. You can completely shift and like be in Hawaii for half an hour yeah. and, and then go back to it. I do the same thing, like going back to the dishes analogy. There's a sink full of dishes. Again, like it's like beat the timer. It's like, let me see if I can finish this in seven minutes. And then it's like, and even if you don't finish, you feel so good about yourself because you're like, look how much I did, right? There's all these little tricks that you can do. I'm going to do that for my husband. I'll say, you have eight minutes to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I said. <laughs> yep. Well, tell your husband, I apologize in advance. <laughs> that idea that I planted in your head. <laughs> well, Hannah, I want to give you a chance to close out. Um, you are the keynote speaker at uh, a corporate event, or maybe you're the... Uh, the commencement speaker at a graduation, and your speech is called How I Think You Can Get the Most Out of Your Life. What would mm. you tell people about that? Oh, gosh, look inside. I was looking outside of myself for 42 years and just looking inside yourself, really, as you're graduating or as you're leaving the audience today, it's really about looking inside yourself and being in charge of your own destiny. You have the choice and the power to choose an extraordinary life. And extraordinary will be defined by you, right? You personally, but your job as a human is to live your life to the fullest and design it yourself. So take, take back the control and design your own life. Nice. Awesome. How do people get in touch with you to work with you or learn more, listen to your podcast? Anything. Yeah. So um, they can visit my website at www.sheshatters.com or I'm on um, iTunes or as Spotify at She Burns with Hannah Austin. Awesome. Hannah Austin today on Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Janke. Thank you so much, Hannah, for joining me. Thank you so much. to learn more.